This is Kyle McCord, and you're listening to Austin, Felix, and Matt on the W Debate. Welcome to the W Debate. All right, boys, are we ready to debate? Austin, you tweeted something, girl. You tweeted your running back tonight. Explain yourself. Boy, that escalated quickly. I mean, that really got out of hand. <laughs> you jumped up and... That's Austin Mace. Who is going to be that guy? And for me, Bijan Robinson is still going to be that guy. Back to the ground with Robinson, who spins and then tries to bounce it. A stiff arm, another one as he rides it, keeps his balance. They're going to say he stepped out, but I'm... I'm feeling sharp. I know you didn't think that we would get through this episode without mentioning the name one Zach F. Wilson. Screen or draw. Oh, Wilson is going to uncork for the end zone. And he drops it in beautifully. And it is his roommate, Dax Milne, on the touchdown. That's Matt Brody. G. Scott Jr. Obviously, I whacked poetic about him on the last episode, so I won't do that again here. And this time, it's Fields on the carry. Watch out! Justin Fields! Hello, Columbus! 51 yards! Vernon, are you ready to go head-to-head with me? I am. Gotta get my popcorn out here. Hold on. Gotta continue. I forgot. Kyle McCord is going to end up winning the job. He's going to be rated higher. Um, well, I'm not nearly as passionate about what I'm about to talk about. Our apologies for Kirk Street and Atlanta's time will get him rescheduled soon. And for Matt Bruning and Austin A, I'm Felix Sharp. Good night and good luck. It's 9.30 Eastern time, the only time zone that shows up to the White House. That means it's time for the Debbie Debate, brought to you by CampusToCan.com. Matt Bruning is here. Chris Moxley is here. Austin Nace is here. And some friends and some not friends. We're going to get to a Campus to Canton startup mock draft a little bit later here. But we start with the Georgia Bulldog program, a program that, uh, you know, no team in the country is producing NFL talent like Georgia. Kirby Smart had one of the best defenses that we've seen in the last several decades in 2021. And they are recruiting to last the athletic uh just published an article article either today or yesterday on kirby smart's journey and how he's gotten that program to where it is now but the elephant in the room is some of the distractions austin that we are seeing at georgia and i don't know if it's a good comparison to say there's something similar to some previous florida teams but this program and their players they keep having um, events of misconduct, how whatever you want to say. Uh, Austin, what are your thoughts on what's happening at Georgia despite their success on the field? Yeah, I mean, I think we've been joking a lot behind the scenes. We, we have a couple of Georgia fans with the C2C crew, so we we regularly ask the question, you know, is, is Georgia, you know, falling apart? Is there something wrong with Georgia? And there's nothing wrong with Georgia. They're going to be fine. Those Florida teams were okay. Um, but they've had now 10 players arrested in the past 14 months, which is just ridiculous for any college program 
you know, no matter how successful you are at any given time. The most recent one here, Denylon Morissette, uh, had a D, he was arrested for DUI and driving too fast. What are the two things that basically, if you're a Georgia football player, you absolutely cannot do right now after the incident earlier this year where one of their players lost their lives? You can't drive way too fast and you can't be driving drunk. He did both of them at the same time. I think Kirby has lost a little bit of control of this program. I think the the mountain to climb to beat Alabama and to usurp them or try to usurp them as the top program in college football was su- it was such a high peak that you kind of had to take your chances on some of these guys that were just freak athletes, freak talented, but maybe didn't quite have all of it between the ears. And I think it's starting to come back to bite them just a little bit. I'm not saying that George is on the way down. I'm not saying that that, you know, they're going to be bad next year. But I do think that they need to start doing something about it because it's really not a good look when you just keep having guys arrested for the same stuff and just just doing stupid things that are very easily avoidable. Uh, Chris, I mean, you're normally opinionated about these types of things. Um, what? What's so funny? Nothing. I didn't say anything. It's true. Um no, I mean, you know, this is a team that has been built up. And uh, would you be concerned about what's going on with that program in the last couple of months? If I'm a fan of the program, no. If I'm a booster of the program, no. If I want to see kids stay healthy and succeed, probably. Like, if I'm a parent, I at least have some questions about, Hey, why are all your kids speeding and getting DUIs every two months? Uh, why are there deaths happening based on the speeding? And then a month later, two weeks later, you're seeing these dudes arrested for the exact same offense. Uh, obviously, you know, we, we, we talked about this today in a little bit, our, in our, our group chat, right? No accountability because nobody wants to hold these kids accountable. Cause the kids are freak athletes coming off the, like the edge. Like, what is the incentive if you're trying to win another national championship try to hold these kids accountable? That's really what it is. And, and so it's putting football before um, the health of the program. And I'm not sure I expect that to change anytime soon. It's really unfortunate because Denylon Morissette, I had to get that name right, um, DUI on drug, I think he was like, drugs i don't know what drugs he was on but he, he was, was on high. drugs yeah yeah he was high high on something and speeding again how many dudes are gonna get arrested for speeding in this program after you saw multiple people lose their lives it's just it's just really unfortunate like I, georgia really needs to figure out how to do something about this like at this point it's it's a serious issue there again there's an article from seth emerson in the athletic that you should take a look at it just talking about kirby smart um, uh, journey since taking over that program and how the school has invested in its program. They took a survey in January. Recruits participating in the All-American Bowl in San Antonio were asked by 24-7 Sports to name the school with the best facility facilities, and Georgia got the most votes. That includes like $60 million for just a recruiting room. I think the facility over itself is over. Okay, here we go. 
There are more amenities in a building that costs $80 million, uh, right after right after the $63 million spent to put in a recruiting room and new locker room uh, at Sanford State, at Sanford Stadium, uh, right after the $32 million to build the indoor facility. So, I mean, this is a program that is definitely doing something right, but um, they have to, to get these young men in line. I think their coach coach uh, uh, Caldwell used to say nothing good happens after a certain time. I can't remember what time that was, but a lot of these things are happening happening after midnight again with drinking and speed. So, um, Matt, uh, did you want to weigh in here at all? Matt, looking exhausted as always. Nope, Austin and Chris covered it pretty well, I think. <laughs> okay. Well, can I add one more thing, real quick? All of the incidents have occurred with underage kids, too. So, like, clearly there is an issue within the community of, like, Athens of obviously underage kids drink, underage athletes drink. This is not a surprise to anyone. But there needs to be someone holding these kids, like, making sure that they're getting home in Ubers with a designated driver safely. And that's not happening. That is a failure on the part of the program just to keep these dudes safe. That's my biggest, that's one of my biggest, they're just not looking after the kids period. I just, I hate to see it because I think that it's so pervasive at Georgia and it's an issue with other programs, but like it, it sucks. The bulk of today's show, we are going to be covering a Campus to Canton mock draft that is happening live right now behind the scenes. We're going to put that board on the screen and talk about it. I think we've already been through at least round one. I'm being chastised to make a pick because I am on the clock right here, right there, uh, right here. But before we get to that, of course, we always need to talk about housekeeping. The Debbie Guide was released on May 1st. Um, the Freshman Supplemental Draft Guide is also out, so you can get both of those at campustocanton.com. Go ahead and take a look. Of course, support the podcast feed. And I mentioned this in the Discord. We had a little mishap that might be related to PayPal, may not be, where, you know, we had a little hiccup uh, business-wise that we are trying to get over. So if there is ever a time where you wanted to support what it is that we're doing here at campustocanton.com, go ahead and join the website today. We are literally, uh, you know investing every dollar that we can back into the website. Um, so go ahead and, and, and help us out. Join campus All right. We've got two guests to help. I guess let me lay the foundation for what it is that we're doing. We're doing a campus to Canton startup mock draft. We've brought in friend of the show, Mike Valerie and not friend of the show, Michael Nelly Nelson. Um, Nelly, thank you for being here. Mike, thank you for coming on at late notice to mock draft with us. Let's, Matt, let's bring up the the board if we can and move all of us over to the side. I think, and if you can make that as big as possible as you can for the for the folks watching at home, I think it's pretty chalk. The first 12 picks, Caleb Williams, Drake Bay, Marvin Harrison, Raheem Sanders, Travion Henderson, Nicholas Singleton, Emeka Abuka, Quinn Ewers, Drew Aller, Quinshawn Judkins, uh, Branson Robinson, and Malachi Nelson, the USC freshman, round out the top 10. Um, who? Let's see. Matt, I want to ask you, of, of course. Matt, you took Travion Henderson over Nick Singleton. I, I'm not even going to ask you, Matt. Austin, was that the right move to make, taking uh, 
Henderson over Singleton? I think it I think it's closer than people want to say right now. And I think it, it Travion's obviously coming off a, a rough year here. Um overall, obviously banged up, had had a bunch of different injuries and, and really didn't play that well even when he was on the field. I still have a lot of belief in him. I really think there's a Jameer Gibbs-ish skill set here, if that's the guy that you want to point to as the most recent example of a, a pass catcher guy getting taken early. And Travion Henderson outweighs him by 15 pounds. Like, he, he does have bell cow size. I think he's a really good athlete. I think there are some limitations. He's not great if you kind of stop him at the line of scrimmage initially. He really kind of needs to get that have that runway to, to be majorly successful. But I, I still think he's he could be a legitimate first round NFL draft pick. I have Singleton one spot above him in my rankings. I mean, at that point, it's you know negligible if you want to take one guy over the other. Uh, Nelly, I, I let me back up here for a second. We have six people on the screen. It's a twelve team uh, league or twelve team mock draft, so everyone has two different teams: a team one and a team two. Nelly, you went Drake May with the second pick overall. And then at, let's see, pick 10, you went with Quinchon Judkins. Um, do you think Quinchon Judkins is su- sufficiently high? I mean, talk to me about, I think the May pick is, we probably don't need to talk about a lot, but talk to me a little bit about your comfort level with Quinchon Judkins. Yeah, I have ever so slight concern with Judkins just in terms of the NFL ceiling uh, because I, I don't think that he's, the athlete that Singleton is, for example. And we know the NFL cares about that. That being said, the, the production as a true freshman in the SEC competing with Zach Evans in the backfield is undeniably impressive. So um, he's someone who, I mean, at this point, we can expect that going forward from him and um, considering Zach Evans will be gone and um, will hopefully just continue to get better. And I feel like even if he is not a, a day one pick in the future, he's someone who I feel pretty good about being a day two pick. There we go. Um, ne- one, one follow-up here, Nelly. If Nicholas Singleton was there and available to you, would you take Singleton over Judkins? That's a big debate in the community. Quinshawn Judkins or Nick Singleton? Yeah, I would. I'd sacrifice the college production for the NFL upside because it'll still be good, the college production. I I agree. Um Chris, any picks that surprised you here in this uh, first round or in these first couple of picks? Uh, not particularly. I, I think you took Drew Alar earlier than he goes, and I, I'm not going to argue with that just because I think he's potentially the top quarterback in this class, or at least the Ozon favorite to be so. I am not taking Queen Ewers in the first round, even though I think that there's upside for for him as well. Like I, I put out a mock on uh, the site and like I had him going to the commanders in the top 10. So like, it's not like <laughs> it's crazy, but um, no, I mean, we, it, it, it's been pretty straightforward. I do think getting Brock Bowers at two Oh three is a huge value if that happens in your draft. Um, you know, I, I, I really, really like, like it, I, I don't want really want to spend a first round pick on him just cause I have concerns about his size, but Second round, like I'm happy to do so, especially in the Cam Scan drafts where you know you're getting the number one tight end in college fantasy. So, 
A couple of teams already have two two players. Mike's second team has Malachi Nelson and Connor Wegman double up on quarterback. Austin's second team has Branson Robinson and Braylon Allen. Nelly's second team, Quinchon Judkins and Brock Bowers. My second team, Drew Aller and Luther Burden. Matt's second team, uh, Quinn Ewers and Evan Stewart. He has a Texas stack there. Chris. This is the second team starts with Emeka Buka and Dante Moore. I think Dante Moore is Dante Moore. The he's the <clears> second <throat> freshman to go off the board. If I'm looking at it correctly, yeah, I think um, he's the only one behind Malachi Nelson. Behind Malachi Nelson, yep. Uh, Austin's first team: Nicholas Singleton and Antonio Williams. Very, uh, very Austin second. Uh, very much an Austin second pick there. Matt's first team: Travion Henderson, Xavier Worthy. Mike starts off his first team with Raheem Sanders and Barry and Brown. Chris with uh, his first team with Marvin Harrison Jr. and Cedric Baxter. And Nelly is actually on the clock at the 211 here. And his first team doubles up on quarterback with Drake May and Arch Manning. Um, let's see. Matt, let me throw this to you since I'm going to be on the clock here. Any concern about how Malik Murphy? has performed this spring and if that'll affect Arch Manning's trajectory. No. Is that enough analysis for you to make your picks? <laughs> or would you like me to expand on that? Great. No, I do not have player. I have no fear whatsoever that Malik Murphy is going to be the starter over Arch Manning next year. I, I while M- Murphy definitely played uh, well in the spring game and obviously had some pretty raving spring reports, I don't think it's unfair to say he does not have the refined mechanics that Arch does. And I think we're maybe not us necessarily as a company, but uh, the Devi community have kind of been shitting on Arch for no reason. I, I don't think that his, which I would not even say was a bad spring game, it just wasn't as good. As, as maybe people wanted it to be, means that he's not going to be a good quarterback. Arch will be the starter next year. I expect Murphy's probably going to transfer out and play somewhere. I think he can be a starting quarterback, but I don't think it will be for Texas. It's funny, right? Like, we, we originally were, I feel like we were lower on Arch at the beginning. And then we are now, like, higher on Arch than a lot of other people are just because... I feel like they want to like downplay the name more than they should. I don't know. It's it's it, it, it's super weird. He's still a really really good player. So I I just question like why are people shitting on him the way they are? And can I, mean, I can can I call out Felix real quick? Not for this draft, but in general. <laughs> um I know it's a I think it's a bit. I I'm not even sure anymore. I I think it was RJ Young who tweeted and if it's if it wasn't correct me it was RJ Young. Okay, you, so you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> yes. I te- this is the first time since 2009 that the Texas quarterback room is better than Alabama's or something of, of that ilk. <laughs> and Felix is out here tweeting, oh, this is a Malik Murphy tweet. As if he isn't it directly is. talking about Queen Ewers and has to bring up the backup quarterback <laughs> who cannot beat out Quinn for the job. It Felix, is absolutely- make your other pick. Oh, I have two picks in a row. All right, you guys go ahead and talk, and I'll get, I'll get it done. Here. Oh, can't um, even defend himself. Nice. I can I can talk for the first time this podcast, and it's been nineteen and a half minutes. Um, <laughs> so Getting back to our roots. Yeah, dude. I, I just I feel like maybe he's running out of content here. He's bringing on guests. He's doing mock drafts. I just I don't know. <laughs> the best Debbie show out here, I guess. 
Um, I don't like Brock Bowers being taken this early. I'm so anti-tight end. I'm just going to talk about that. I mean, Irv Smith won the first round. He's not doing anything. Noah Fant isn't doing anything in the first round. It's just these tight ends don't do anything sometimes. And I just don't like taking tight end early. I just don't. I, I don't even I, I don't know that Brock Bowers is like that projectable. He's he, he's I see him going in the top five of mock drafts and I'm like, no chance. Yeah. There's there's no way that happens. Like, there's no way that he's a fourth overall pick, which I keep seeing. Like that's that yeah, he's going to be a pick of the twenties unless he adds significant size. It's just not gonna happen. You're not taking a tight end who's six two, two thirty. Like, I'm sorry. It's just not gonna happen. Felix, just write Justice Haynes' name down. Just write his name. Just write his name. Yeah, down. just write. No, it. I've already took a freshman with. I've already taken one freshman with this team. That's, the whole that's goal the, of this was to get wait, through you, as many rounds as possible. Like Thirty We're get seconds. Four. How, yeah. Rounds are you just compliment, contemplating like which who you want to go here is like a. This isn't your real team. I, I promise. Nobody's gonna I'm hold about, you. I'm about to call the U.S. Embassy. You are holding me hostage right now. Skip him. I'm, get, I'm getting sealed. No, 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 no. You can no. roast Felix in the comments, by the way. Okay. Like, I'm, like, I'm, and subscribe I'm to the, the Campus Canton YouTube channel and uh, make sure that you are roasting Felix in the comments. Yes, please drop a like on this video. We'd like to get to, I don't know, 20 likes there. I've taken my, <laughs> I've is. taken uh, my pick here. Um, listen, you guys are putting me under a lot of pressure. So my first team starts off with Caleb Williams, Zachariah Branch, and Justice Haynes. A very young team. Um, but, you know, it is what it is. Um, I do want to talk about too. I want to go back to the Arch Manning stuff. I just think people have a certain level of expectation for some players. Are you know they see the five stars and they see the Manning and they, that's their whole analysis. And they're like, this guy's going to be, you know, he's going to be walking on water by season two. So it, it's that's such a high expectation to see him go out on the field and not meet those expectations. And then they just like they just trash him, and it's just it's kind of lazy and it's it's fanfare type stuff. But it's it's I think it's. Matt, can we expand the really expand the draft board so that it shows oh, a little bit clearer and bigger? All right, on the Chris, screen. the yellow mark of shame there, or the purple like, mark. Of we shame. can blow it up a lot. Uh, do you like me to be honest? No, because we're doing this on Streamyard. That's about as big as it's going to get. But I'm saying that you can't like expect. Okay, all right, okay. What, what what do you want me to do? I'm I'm trying everything I can over here. It's not expanding. So Anybody, you want me to just put the whole screen? I can just cover it. You don't even what, have to be you, on the screen anymore. I don't even know what happened. No, now. I, no. I'm just saying if we're, you make we're the off the rails of the page bigger. I think it'll zoom. Uh, but uh, I, I, I don't think people need to see more. I think this is good. Felix, is this for you or is this for people? This is this is for everything's for people. <laughs> for me. Go to we. There are other tabs in the sheet that you can utilize that I think would get you the results. No, I can see just fine. I think it would disappear. Okay, let, you know, we're talking. The last three picks were Carnell Tate, Jontae Cook, Donovan Edwards, and Justice Haynes. We're in the third round. Um, we're at pick 305 in the third round. Matt is up for his pick. His team has Travion Henderson and Xavier Worthy. This is Matt's team one. While oh while we're God. waiting for Matt's pick, I, I want to ask you guys your thoughts on Donovan Edwards' like future. You know, because Blake Corum comes back, we obviously all assume Blake Corum's going to be the one this year, probably again. Do you guys 
I, I don't know. I, I, I find myself not knowing what to do about Donovan Edwards' value. Not that I moved him on rankings, but I really want to move him down, but I can't. I just can't. I don't know. So I, I, I want to know. I want to hear from Nelly who took him. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Nelly, let's hear about it. Yeah. I, I really like the talent, but the, the situation kind of is unfortunate. There's definitely uh, enough offense, enough touches to go around for the two of them to be sufficient. Um, it, it's not going to be like I was talking about Judkins production earlier. It's Donovan Edwards isn't going to get that uh, that type of workload. But uh, I I think the talent is there. He's probably w- one of, if not the best, receiving backs among the Power Five running backs in the country, uh, and that's that's pretty um, enticing in terms of NFL future sort of potential. I mean, that's what we know. Those those are the high value touches that you look for on on NFL teams. Um, so I, I think I've actually had him higher and I've moved him down because Blake Corum came back because it stinks. He's not going to get the featured workload that probably limits NFL ceiling. I don't know. Maybe he stays in school for another year um, to be around for a year without Blake Corum. So it might uh, elongate his timeline. But ultimately, I think it's uh, it's a bet on the talent more than anything else. We're, we're waiting on Matt's pick here at 305. Nelly, I, you know, I think you would agree here. Michigan just is not creative in its offensive usage. And I think that that is a something that Donovan Edwards is suffering from. But there, you know, he's a, a running back that has a more diverse skill set that he's giving credit for, given the play calling there. But I think someone like Devin Neal at Kansas kind of suffers from the same thing. One of the reasons we liked Devin Neal coming out of Lawrence, Kansas, the same where he's going to school, is because he showed this downfield uh, receiving skill set in high school. Both he and Donovan Edwards, Donovan Edwards coming out of uh, uh, West Bloomfield there in Michigan, you know, they are not used. They are not used as creatively as you would like. Yeah, I mean, Michigan offense is painful to watch. Even though they're good, it's still painful. But, I mean, even still, like, he had a game as a true freshman against Rutgers, and some of it was garbage time, but they were splitting him out wide. He he ran a go route. He put up, I think it was, like, seven catches for 170 yards. Like I was going to say, he had that 10, 10 reception season as, or game as a freshman too, right? Yeah, yeah, that may have been the game that I was talking about. Yeah, it's like he is kind of somehow broken out of this – this bore that is the Michigan offense. He, he's, I wish he played somewhere else to be honest, but uh, that being said, playing for a top five team in the country brings a lot of attention to you. And that's a good thing as a prospect. All right. Last couple of picks have been made here. Let's see. Um, Jackson Arnold round kind of rounds out that high-end freshman QB class. He goes at the 307. Matt's up here at the 308. Teteroa McMillan um, there right before Jackson Arnold. Uh, Matthew Golden, Carnell, Carnell Tate, Jonte Cook, the last couple of picks. Uh, Austin, Teteroa McMillan, big, long, lanky, sophomore wide receiver there at Arizona. Is he a guy that could command day one draft capital in 2024? Yeah, I really think so. Um, I, I've talked about this on like six shows already, and I, I'm really excited to release this. I already pre-recorded a couple episodes for the few weeks where Collins away um, so that I can have a vacation too because that guy's just working me to the bone. And Were you uh, not just out for like two months? Doing other work. I mean, it's, it's not like I'm hanging out, you know? Allegedly. Allegedly. Oops. I want. Look the, at us. Look at us. Uh, 
we're, we're in a pair. Um, but we ta- we talked about Ted McMillan a bunch, and he has him as like his wide receiver three. CFF guys does, and I, I his argument was really really intriguing. Where he he sees him almost as a um, T Higgins ish upside type of player with this lanky, you know, fairly smooth, um, fairly loose hipped kind of guy pretty good ball skills he's got that volleyball background and he was as he was sitting there talking to me i was like yeah i can kind of i can kind of agree with a lot of what he's saying so i took him i think it was my wide receiver 14 or 15 pre-show i bought him up to my wide receiver 11 i i can't put him any higher than that i don't think but so I, size and athleticism he checks those boxes so I, the one thing i'll say i he reminds me of mike evans a little bit <laughs> He's not quite as physical as Evans yet, but he was no, also he's not. only he, seen his freshman like year. So 30 pounds lighter, right? So yeah. like he might grow into it. But that that's the type of player I see. Yeah, I mean very well. Yeah, I I there there is legitimate upside there. I thought he would struggle a little more as a freshman, but he did not. So Mike, what are you, Mike? I mean, you guys, uh, what do you and Corey think about Tedaro and McMillan? We've been low on him compared to industry. We still are. We talk about it a lot like we both think. We both think we're wrong. Like we just don't know how wrong we're going to be about him. Um, we visited his tape. I don't know about his athleticism. I think he doesn't separate with speed or with footwork. But at the catch point, similar to how Connor Drake London did early on, and not that a guy can't get more athletic throughout college, we just don't know if he'll hit that point. But it's been done numerous times before, so why not? And he definitely has a production profile, and he has a pretty accurate quarterback. So. He can definitely get there. Um, I, I am like low on him. I have him at 20 in my Debbie rankings, and I keep looking at it. It needs to go up, but I, I'm i coming around. I definitely think that it's someone that needs to be put up higher on my board. Let me just recap the second round here. We're finishing out the third round. The second round at the 201, Connor Wegman, Braylon Allen, Brock Bowers, Luther Burden, Evan Stewart, Dante Moore, uh, Antonio Williams, Xavier Worthy, Barian Brown. Cedric Baxter, Arch Manning, Zachariah Branch. Will Levis didn't have any help there at Kentucky, but uh, uh, Barry and Brown here going in the second round. The third round is just about done. Justice Haynes as the, with the first pick. Donovan Edwards, Jonte Cook, Carnell Tate, Matthew Golden, Tedaroa McMillan, Jackson Arnold, Jace McClellan, Roderick Robinson, and Nico Iamalieva just came off the board there at Tennessee. Uh Austin, in Arnold and Ian Malieva, you get two quarterbacks who are virtually guaranteed to start after this season. I mean, I think that their path to playing time with offensive coordinators that we really like is pretty much locked in. Yeah, I think all the QBs in this class mostly have that. I think Arch is really the only one that there's like even a minor question about it. So um, I, I, I... I think they're both great picks where they went there. I actually was a huge kick in the nuts sitting there at the 311. I was hoping for Jace McClellan or Nico to be there, and both of them you know, went to two of the three picks ahead of me. Uh, it's annoying drafting with people that know what they're doing because nobody falls and it makes the board that much tighter. But here we are. So, um, But I, I think both of them are excellent picks in this range. And the, the nice thing about them is they're not going to lose value this year. Unless for some reason, like, you know, they have to start four or five games and they just look like absolute crap. But I don't foresee that happening for really any of these quarterbacks. Nelly, do you have a favorite pick that's been made uh, thus far? 
Um, I'll tell you what, freshman running back uh, going to Texas, uh, Cedric Baxter. I was about to take him if if uh, if who took him, Chris. If Chris didn't take him, um, he's pretty exciting in the fact that he's he's like he's a bigger back, right? He's like six foot two ten. He's in that kind of size mold that you like. And there are reports out of their spring camp that he's been split out wide. They're using him as a receiver. Uh, he's versatile. That backfield despite how it looked maybe a year ago, feels pretty open for the taking for him. I think he probably has the easiest path to climbing into like first round value territory next year. Uh, Nelly, what do you think about it? Do you think that there's a big difference between um, Cedric Baxter and whoever you have as the freshman running back to in this, in this class, whether it be Roderick Robinson or Justice Haynes or whomever? Um, I would say for me, it's pretty slight. I have Justice Haynes as a pretty clear running back too. Now you have to keep in mind, I watched the least high school film out of this entire group by far because it's like none. I'll watch highlight videos. I'll admit it. Uh, but that's about it. Um, but I more take stock in kind of industry, uh, evaluations, including you guys. And then the spring camp reports, uh, do a lot for me. And I mean, Nick Saban had great things to say about Justice Haynes and, that seems something that is pretty rare. Like Saban said, if I think the quote was something like, if you were sitting on the sideline watching practice, you wouldn't realize this guy is a freshman. Um, and and for him to have high praise like that for, for a freshman back this early on, I think it means something. All right, Nelly, you are on the clock here with the third pick in the fourth round. A couple of teams have three players already. I'll just read the uh, six teams. The team one teams, again, everybody has two teams here. So Austin's team one starts off with Nicholas Singleton, Antonio Williams, and Tedaroa McMillan. Matt's team one starts off with Travion Henderson, Xavier Worthy, and Matthew, excuse me, Matthew Golden. Mike's team one, Raheem Sanders, Barry and Brown, Carnell Tate. Chris's team one starts off with Marvin Harrison Jr., Cedric Baxter, and Jonte Cook. So two freshmen there with Marvin Harrison Jr. Nelly's team once doubles up on quarterback Drake May and Arch Manning and then gets the running back out of Michigan, Donovan Edwards. And then my team won, Caleb Williams, Zachariah Branch, Justice Haynes. So go with the established product in Caleb Williams and then uh, Zachariah Branch and Justice Haynes, two freshmen. Nelly just made a pick, and he took Will Shipley. Uh, Austin, you and Colin were just talking about Shipley on campus life. You think that there's a chance that he could be nothing more than a satellite back? Are we talking, you know, Dion Lewis, Spectrum, uh, James White, uh, Theo Riddick, that type of player? I think he's more enticing than he should be right now because he does have bell cow size, but he doesn't play like a bell cow back. And I think that's where the disconnect is going to end up being for a lot of people where he's 210 plus. And people say, well, he's 210 plus Andy Kitt and catch passes. That means he has a three-down skill set. I don't think at this stage Will Shipley has a three-down skill set. He's really struggled between the tackles at times. Soft. So I don't – I mean, he, he's falling to a point where I think at some point like uh, a draft rule will just say, like, I have to take him. And, and Nelly took him there, and I'd be interested to hear if it was just kind of a – I mean, he's fallen this far, and there's not a lot of other enticing guys here. But I – I, I'm pretty worried about him. I think I have him down in my 20s now for RBs overall. I just don't know that he – I don't even know if the NFL will like him that much. I could see him being a round four, round five guy. This is by far the latest I've seen him go, period. 
Like I, I, him going in the fourth round here is like not even close to where he's going in mocks, right? Like you see him going top 15, top 20, generally speaking. I think this reflects kind of the downward trend of his value. He's soft. He's just soft, man. Like <laughs> he just can't run between tackles. And I, that is also my concern with Trevian Henderson. I think Trevian Henderson is soft as well, but like, he, I think, is a better overall skill set than Shipley does. But, man, like, th- that's a pretty big uh, downfall based on where he was going earlier in the offseason, which is, like, border round, borderline round one. I want to so, oh. add to the softness. I think Donovan, Green, Donovan Edwards is soft. Like, that's kind of my issue with him as well. I mean, all the, all these 2024 running backs are soft. Yeah, dude. It's, well, all, the, all these Gen Z running backs, man. <laughs> Gen Z running backs are soft. That's the bottom line. Uh, yeah, Matt Bruning, I want to talk to you here for a second because I'm on the clock with my team, too, that started off with Drew Aller, Luther Burden, and Roderick Robinson. I could use a quarterback here, Kyle McCord, but I'm looking um, at, at uh, another skill position player that I'm t- kind of tossing between McCord and this player. What's your case for taking Kyle McCord here? I think if I don't take him, he could get taken in the next – four picks or so why why would i talk you into taking a play i don't i don't i don't understand you know what matt here. i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna stop throwing it to you all right that's, that's fine all right here we go i'll just make the pick then thanks for, thanks for your input there Matthew. you're welcome we'll go roma doomsday i think it's an excellent pick felix a lot his father would approve of that pick. i promise you yeah oh, do, we, do we have do we have a certain burner account in our uh are in our live viewers right now? Uh, possibly. I don't. I don't know. I don't think. I don't think that they pay attention to the uh, to the to the the podcast, the YouTube page. So, all right, sorry, Ohio State has too many fans masquerading as analysts. Have that's, we? That's very true. Have you watched Odunze? Do, like, do you see what he offers after the catch by any chance? Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's. I think there are a lot of possession wide receivers that don't necessarily offer a ton after. I mean, George Pickens doesn't do a lot after the catch. Honestly, Uh, Marvin Harrison's not great after the catch either. Yeah, I mean, that's what the boundary wide receivers kind of thing is. And Romo Dunze has been getting a lot of first round buzz in mock drafts. Uh, The last couple of picks: Romo Dunze, Will Shipley, Cade Klubnick, Brandon Ennis here in the at the top of the first uh, fourth, the fourth round. Most of that mock draft community doesn't even watch football until like three months before the the actual draft. So the argument to take Kyle McCord would be if he has a good season, he'll probably be a first-round pick. He's going to put up points for you this year in CFF because some of the better offenses, he has all the weapons around him in Mekek Buka, Travion Henderson, Marvin Harrison, now an improved offensive line with some of the transfers they'd have come in there. So that would be why you would take Kyle McCord here in the fourth round. Right. I really like that pick. I want Kyle McCord to fall to Mike Team One, who doesn't have a quarterback, and there is a certain line where you just got to throw away QBs. And I think Kyle McCord is almost at the end of that line, and now I only have one guy left to pick a quarterback. Or else I'm just doing CFF quarterbacks. Much, much, much JJ later. McCarthy, watch out! Yeah, dude, my, my host is rubbing off on me. My co-host, Nelly, yes or no? JJ McCarthy, first round NFL quarterback. No, no, I actually talked about it recently. Absolutely not. 
Thank you. Why, why not, Nelly, for the, the people that, that haven't heard you talk about it before? Uh, low passing volume and low passing efficiency. Like, not low, but not anything to write home about in an offense where he has wide open wide receivers running. Um, it's, it's The production is so low volume-wise, uh, and it's not as if he has good rate stats. So I guess for me, that's just like – like what? What exactly is impressive about what he's done? Uh, Austin, I wanted. To, I just took Roma Dunze. Washington has two wide receivers there, and Roma Dunze and Jalen McMillan. Jalen McMillan normally normally playing the slot role. Do, and you've been talking. You and Colin, in fairness, have been talking about them really since they were freshmen. I've made fun of you for it for three years, and then Michael Penix Jr. gets there, and then boom! All of a sudden, uh, Roma Dunze and Jalen McMillan have the best seasons that they've ever had. Austin, you're welcome. By the way, um, uh, do, tell, talk to me about Jalen McMillan. I think that we kind of know what Roma Dunze is um, at the next level. Is Jalen McMillan, can he be a Jackson Smith and Jigba type? Yeah, I mean, I think the the Adunze stuff is just the, the hype is was obvious because of what he yeah, what he is. He's six, three and a half, or I mean you can go ask Kratos on Twitter what what all of his measurements and his athletic stuff he <laughs> supposed to run like a a, a mid four four forty a, a three nine. And, and yeah, like a, a just ridiculous shot. Like he's supposed to have all these great athletic measure, measurements. Like it doesn't take a, a rocket scientist to say that you could probably plug him in on the boundary. And if he hits, he's like an alpha in the NFL for for a, a while. And he's really, really good. But I think Jalen McMillan is kind of that wide receiver that is really in vogue in the NFL right now where they're kind of positionless in the fact that they he probably can't play like an X, true X role, but he can probably play in the slot. And I think he can play some flanker. He can work short, intermediate, really kind of work in the possession game. He's pretty good after the catch, so he's one of those guys you just get the ball in their hands and you let them work. I think he's a really interesting player. I I, 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 I still have Adunze ranked a few spots ahead of him, but Jalen McMillan offers something that I think is going to be very enticing to NFL teams, and it really would not surprise me if he ends up being a better pro. Uh, Chris, you just took Cam Seldon, the running back slash wide receiver, out of Tennessee. For those who are not familiar with Cam Selman, Cam Selden, excuse me. Talk to talk to me a little bit about his athleticism and his potential ceiling. Yeah, he's one of the best athletes in this class. Period. Uh, he played wide receiver, running back in high school. Is not technical enough at, at this age to be wide receiver, but you saw him in the Tennessee spring game, and like he looked pretty good. I just think like I want to bet at like. Just essentially this spot in the draft, I want to say I want to draft the most athletic dudes who have a chance to be big producers year one or two. And I think Selden falls into that bucket. I just think he's like I, I, I legitimately think he's one of the best athletes in this class. And and I so, do like he profile he profiles like Bo his comps on the site are like Bo Jackson. So like do with that what you will. I don't think he's like that special, but he's great a great size adjusted athlete. He really is. I'm gonna I'm gonna take over host duty a little bit while Felix makes his picks. I do want to say this about Cam Selden. Cam Selden, uh, I can't really I can't quote the exact the exact number from the recruiting team. They do such a good job over there, but it was like running backs are two ten plus running twenty one plus miles per hour. 
like all of them hit at some sort of level as a true freshman, with the exception of Justin Williams Thomas last year. And Cam Stelton fits in that bucket. And he definitely goes to an SEC offense who produces and he just he has everything going for him. He just needs to develop, but he has all the NFL traits already as a true freshman. Yeah, I'm so does that- I, I'd I'd much rather bet on a like a plus athlete here than a guy like the so I'll tell you who the other person I was gonna take is and whatever. If I don't get him, I don't get him. Like I was thinking about him versus Trevor Etienne, the running back yeah. at Florida, who I who I think is a really good player. I just don't think he's nearly as athletic as Selden is. And so I'd much rather make that bet that the NFL is going to value that athleticism more than a guy who was maybe okay athletically uh a little maybe a little bit bigger um so like that's the other guy i was choosing here and i just went straight up freak athlete uh as we get ready to close out the show with felix's last two picks here a question for the room does anybody have any fear with cam selden actually being at tennessee and there seems propensity to want to use him all over the field and not necessarily at running back. They want to move him to slot wide receiver. They want to put him outside. Do we worry at all about him not developing? Obviously for fantasy, we don't care if he's getting you points, but I do think if he doesn't continue to develop as a running back, he's not going to get the draft capital regardless of how athletic he is. That's fair. I, yeah, I no, I, I like the versatile usage. You want to see a guy being used as a chess piece all the way around. You want to see him to be in the featured role in an offense. You don't want him to just be like, well, he's situational. Like Cam Seldon is a guy that can be down for every single down in multiple plays. Like he's he's gadgety, but not just, you know, like he's kind of I don't know what to call it. Like he just he's not flashy. He he can have a complete skill set and a high end skill set to do to do it all. Like he his ceiling is one of the highest, I think, in this freshman class for running back. Chris Moxley, uh, is Damian Martinez, is he a just a CFF only um, running back, or is he an NFL guy? I lean more CFF only. Um, I, I just find the path for him to go day two uh, uphill battle. I mean, and, then, and at that point, like anyone can go day three. So I don't know. I, I don't love his profile as like an NFL producer, he'll be fine. Like, I think that's a really good offense with, with Smith at the helm and um, whoever's a quarterback, it honestly doesn't matter. It's going to be productive offense, no matter what. And the offensive line, I, I just wrote up their profile for the CFF guide. I think yesterday. And so like, I really like the, the way that they're, you know, profiling for 2023. Martinez will be fine. Don't know about the NFL ceiling. I just, I just don't think it's there. The Good fourth player, round, though. the fourth round just wrapped up. Brandon, Brandon Ennis, Cade Klubnick, Will Shipley, Roma Dunze, Kyle McCord, Jerion Dickey, Katron Allen, Ruben Owens, Devin Brown, Cam, Cam Seldon, Malik Neighbors, Malik Benson closed out the fourth round. This is how the quarterbacks have been drafted thus far: Caleb Williams, Drake May, Quinn Ewers, Drew Aller. The freshman Malachi Nelson, the first off the board. Connor Wegman, Dante Moore, Arch Manning, Jackson Arnold, Nicholas Iamalieva, Cade Klubnik, Kyle McCord, Devin Brown. Ohio State has two 
uh, quarterbacks taken there in the first five rounds. I think that we've said this all along, you know, since the start of the offseason, that if you are getting into campus to can leagues or college fantasy for the first time this year, there are a lot of guys who are not established names in college football. Uh, this season. This is a season where we saw the 2023 draft class take a lot of our established guys, at least at the skill positions. And you see that here um, in the early drafting. I mean, a lot of freshmen going early, a lot of guys who don't have uh, a lot of stats or production under their belt or one year under their belt. Uh, the running backs, uh, Raheem Sanders, Travion Henderson, Nicholas Singleton, Quinshawn Judkins, Branson Robinson, Braylon Allen, Cedric Baxter, Justice Haynes, Donovan Edwards, Jace McClellan, Roderick Robinson, Trey Benson, the Oregon to Florida State transfer, Will Shipley, Catron Allen, Ruben Owens, Cam Selden, Damian Martinez, Jamarian Miller. Uh, Austin, you just took Jamarian Miller there. Um, is he uh, uh, concerns about the depth there? I mean, there's going to be four guys with Roydell Williams, Jace McClellan. We think Justice Haynes will get an opportunity and then Jamarian Miller just competing right there with Justice Haynes. Uh, I mean, there is, but I think he's good enough to play pretty much anywhere. So I'm not really that worried about it. Um, whether it's at Alabama or somewhere else, they'll, they'll, they'll make, someone will make room for him. I don't think he's that much less talented or, or equally talented as Justice Haynes. I don't even, I think it's just a total toss up between those two. Like I really think anybody trying to sell you that they know, who the next one of those guys is going to be to get that job is just lying to themselves and they're lying to you. Another player who has a uh, a dual threat skill set that not hasn't necessarily been utilized to date. So okay, all right, I am up here, Mike. You want to come back and get your hosting duties so I can uh, <laughs> yeah. get this done? Yes, please. Uh, I do want to say personally for me because I know I know there's one host here that's not a just the the community is but I, I think so far the steal of the draft has to go to nelly with malik neighbors in the fourth i i think i think he's a phenomenal talent he's my wide receiver like right now which does feel a little bit high honestly saying that out loud but he's so projectable to produce this year and even looking at the 2024 class coming up i think he's like the hands down candidate to be the wide receiver three four or five like in that range like worst case scenario so i i think that was a phenomenal pick in the fourth um, and then he followed up with Troy Frank, which I thought was also a great pick too. Like the two guys that no one hates, but everyone thinks is like a day two guy, worst case scenario. You and I are getting along better than I thought, Mike. <laughs> you're, I think you're both a those... neighbors. Well, you just, you just ruined right? the Dominic Lovett pick. I don't understand that, but <laughs> everything else has been great. All right, elaborate, elaborate, on, elaborate on that, Mike, because I think Dominic Lovett could be like the next Randall Cobb. I mean. I think that he, you know, a slot wide receiver who can kind of do things on the intermediate game. Maybe you run him on jet sweeps and stuff like that. Why do you hate Dominic Lovett with the fervor of a thousand suns? More like Dominic hate it. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, he just gave him a softball right. there. He, he had a had to give the alley oop or whatever Austin said two weeks ago on his podcast. But anyway, anyway, um, I, I just think love it's that special of a slot talent. I think he's just a slot wide receiver. I, I like if I compare him, for example, to um, the slot from Arizona, fifth year guy from UTEP, Jacob Cowing, Tyron Smith. 
I think they're on the same Jacob Cowling. I think they're on the same spectrum oh. of player. I actually would rather Cowling than Dominic Lovett, and I just don't. Like he goes to Georgia, so it's like great. He gets the SEC like SEC stage, um, but I feel better about their quarterback situation there with Carson Beck being a pocket passer. I just I really don't see the talent. Like I get that he had a phenomenal year too, but I still don't see the talent. I just felt like he was it's more about volume rather than actual like gameplay. Mike, make All your right. picks. Mike, you're uh, you're up here. That's a, an appearance from Grumpy Matt Bruning here. Um, a couple of teams with four players already. Austin's team two starts off with Branson Robinson and Braylon Allen, Makai uh, Lemon, Cade Klubnick, and Keon Coleman. Uh, Austin, are you um, at all concerned about how you'll fill out your quarterback position with Cade Klubnick, the only your only quarterback thus far? No, I think quarterback for CFF purposes is actually super deep this year. And this is, well, I mean, I've, I've only got one quarterback between my two rosters. I already know the other one. I probably just won't touch quarterback until round 15. Probably I'll be pretty comfortable with it. There's just not another real and a guy that you feel good about going to the NFL uh, left here. So I, I'm not that worried about it. I can go and get you know, a, a rushing type quarterback later that's just going to score a lot of college points and is probably not going to be anything in the NFL. You can talk about a guy like, um, well, not exactly a rusher, but a guy like Cameron Ward you can probably get later. and He'll probably, you know, the volume will be there for him. Um, a, a guy like, um, I, I like Preston Stone at, at SMU next year, uh, filling in there. He, he'll be a guy. Uh, KJ Jefferson. I mean, there, there's so many of these guys that I think are just, They'll score you points, so I'm not too worried about it. Uh, Chris, your team, too, starts off with a Mecca Abuka. Then you go Dante Moore, Jackson Arnold, Jerron Dickey, Trevor Etienne. Chris, I mean, I think you're always emphasizing uh, freshmen and tight ends, and I, that held true here with your team, too. Yeah, I, I, I actually like this team, and you know, I, I'd be happy with this build in any format. Uh, I really like Dante Moore. I think he has a chance to even start later this year. I don't think he's going to be the week one guy, but I, I do think he gets time. Uh, Jackson Arnold at Oklahoma, big fan. Um, I I talked about Trevor Etienne a little bit earlier and, and why I like him. Um, but yeah, Mekig Buka and Jerry and Dickey both fit into the profile of wide receiver that I, I like to target too. So uh, team two is by far my favorite team. Um, of you know the two that I drafted, so <laughs> I just I really like the way of that team. Just for, just for for comparison, your team one is Marvin Harrison Jr., Cedric Baxter, Jonte Cook, Cam Seldon, Devontae Walker. I don't think that that's a bad team uh, at no, all. No, it's all right. yeah, both both are, both are exactly kind of the strategy they want to take, right? Like very heavy freshman uh, plus upside, but you know I I like hitting two high end freshman quarterbacks and. It just, it just, the board is very picky when you see like the third and the fourth quarterback go off in this year's draft. Like you don't have a lot of time to get the next one. So like if you're on the wrong side of that run, you're not going to get a guy if you don't take him early. I, I either, I mean, Matt or Austin, Jerry on Dickey out of Oregon, I think that he could probably be a, high level player if he was a safety or linebacker or something like that is is jerry on dickey that type of athlete that that oregon is getting 
Um, yeah, I mean, I guess he could be one of those guys that you say, like, can you make a make an 11 out of any pl- one player? You know, you clone him 11 times and you haven't played every position. He could be an interesting guy because um, he is kind of like, I don't know, like Derwin James-ish as like an athlete overall, just on the opposite side of the football. I, I think he's an interesting player. Um, he's my wide receiver, like five or six in the class. I don't know. He's not, in my opinion, he's not a super sexy pick. Um, he's a guy that I probably won't end up having a lot of just because of the range. You're not super in. sexy, but I, I like him. I mean, I, I don't see anything wrong with him. What, what's what is going? What's going on here, Felix? Talk to me about this last pick. No, I'm, I'm not going. When when everybody's saying pick, 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 uh, because I want to go to bed, I'm just going to pick. So we're not going to elaborate on it, and we'll just keep moving. That's wanna... dodging accountability, but okay. <laughs> That's dodging accountability. <laughs> I mean, it's it's like you, you you either lose you lose either way, don't you? <laughs> Do you not have like your next three or four guys in your mind? No, your I'm sitting here talking and hosting and, and I'm not I, paying attention. I'm trying to keep the conversation going. So, no, I do not have a list that I am going from. That explains how how does the group feel about Travis Hunter being more a wide receiver this year? I'm starting to lean that way with the lack of anything in Colorado. Like, I feel like he almost has to, like, by necessity. So, um, I think where you just drafted him leaves no room for error but i also really like travis hunter like i i've taken him in a handful of drafts as well i just think you're taking him in the fifth round like dude that's his ceiling or like close to it and i i actually think he could be a wide receiver i think that his ball skills are good enough to to do so if he really if that's the path he wants to pursue i think he's a better corner but like i'm not going to argue with taking him i just felt like it was a little early I, I think in C to C drafts, I think the sixth round, even the fifth round, it's like the transition zone to like your personal rankings and like, you know, who you have higher than other people. Cause I, yeah. if you listen to our podcast, you know, we don't like Dorian Singer. And I don't even understand why Mil Fof, Mil Fof, Mil, Phil, Phil Moffa is even here in the sixth round. Like, we've gotten to my guy territory, in my opinion, here. I think unanimously, <laughs> I think we all agree to that. Yeah, I mean, look at those last couple picks, and we've already argued about Lovett. We've argued about Hunter. Uh, surprisingly, we haven't talked at all about Jatavian Sanders. I think that's a, that's about his range. Um, like, it's it's all kind of questionable guys here. But, I mean, they all have upside. This is the range where you look back, like, in in, in uh, November, and you're like, what? <laughs> yeah, what was I yeah. doing? Yeah. I thought that was a good idea there. Like, that, that was questionable. So. This, I, this draft has been really... Uh, efficient in terms of like where I think players should go. Like it, it's, it's been really, really solid. Like there's nobody falling. There's, there's not so like a type I'm, of value that's falling. I'm about to make the most bonkers pick up the draft. And I think for the record, I would not, I don't think I would make this selection in a normal draft, but I think this is the range for him. And mm. because this team has no quarterbacks currently on it, I'm going to do this here. So as a, uh, as a, He's going to take a freshman. Point. Nope. No? Mm. Drum roll. He's really making excuses. Drum roll, please. Drum roll, Oh. 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 Sanders. The bowling Shador, alley king himself. Uh, Austin, Colorado and Coach Prime hater number one takes Shador Sanders. Uh, Chris, to your point about how efficient this draft is, I think that 
you know, when Campus to Canton Leagues first came around, ADP was kind of shaky. But I think that the market has shifted a little bit where we kind of understand where players can go. And so while we might might see shaky ADP for freshmen and players kind of going in different ranges, this draft so far has felt relatively chalky. Audience seems to agree. They say Mike's yeah. team looks bad. Otherwise, everyone doing a good job. Dude, that that guy, he's not even sober right now. Let's not put his stuff up there. We know he's not. I'll, I'll take it down. I'm about to go my guy here, too. Sorry. <laughs> All right, let's see it. Oh, CJ Donaldson. Interesting. Whoa! Oh, dude, he was my next quarterback in queue for a while. I was like, I can wait for a while. On so I, I actually want to ask Nelly this because he intentionally or unintentionally subtweeted me a few days ago. Uh, Jeez, do I have, Nelly, do you're I have killing a, me, bro. What is no, that? I do have his tweet up. I have his tweet up. Targeted attack at Mike. My recent people. Text. This is what Nelly said. People willingly take zeros from a third of their lineup by drafting random freshmen that are long shots to ever be impactful to MFL. I assume NFL team. So this is suboptimal. And I have taken a bunch of freshmen who are probably not NFL players. So I want to hear, give me your 30 seconds on why I should not be taking Lenora Sellers and Dentavious Braswell back to back. Uh, because the bull case for Lenore Sellers is he sits a year, plays very well in an average college offense, and maybe gives UCFF production. It's not going to be elite. He's playing at South Carolina. That ceiling's not there. Sorry, Moxley. Um, and then the bull case is he is an NFL quarterback, right? Which would be fantastic. But even then, you're waiting for the payoff for like four years from now, right? Where it, I, I agree with you with drafting freshmen early on. All these guys are high five stars or five stars and high four stars are good bets for the NFL, especially guys going to blue blood schools. Once you get to these mid four stars going to average schools, um, it's like the, the NFL outlook on a macro level is, is very low. Like I, it, you could go in and evaluate a guy and say that he, he can, uh, he can exceed those kind of baseline expectations, but on a macro level, the percentages are super low. Um, so you might as well go and get a guy who's going to give you uh, CFF upside right away rather than having, as I said, a third of your roster not not helping you win games um, on the CFF side. Nelly, you are on the uh, – and Chris, I'm, I'm going to give you a chance to respond. I just want to recap the fifth <laughs> and sixth round here. Uh, Damian Martinez, Troy Franklin, Devontez Walker, Isaiah Bond, Jaden Greathouse, Jamarion Miller, Trevor Etienne, Jalen McMillan, Cordell Russell, Dominic Lovett, Keon Coleman, and Travis Hunter round out round five. Uh, Jatavian Sanders, Devin Neal, Dorian Singer, Bill Maffa, Ja'Cory Brooks, Dontavious Bradwell, uh, Shador Sanders, Kendrick Rescano, C.J. Donaldson, Lenora Sellers, Marshawn Lloyd, Aiden Childs, and Aiden Childs was the last pick. Chris Moxley doubled up on South Carolina products there. Uh, Chris, um, why don't you go ahead and you, you wanted your we want your rebuttal to uh, to Nelly there. Yeah, no, it's a it's a good argument, right? Um, the hit rate on 
freshmen outside of a certain range are really low. And we've done that research as, as, as well. And I, I think it's an, even in our Devi guide where we talk about, you know, based on where you you're ranked in 24 uh, seven recruiting ranks, like your hit rate drops exponentially each time you go down like 50 spots or whatever. So I don't, I don't disagree. I think that's a good point. The counter that is while you're still within the top 100 or top 150-ish, the upside outweighs the likely risk. And so to me, a player like Lenora Sellers, who I just drafted in the end of the sixth round, is a player who I think fits that talent profile of high upside, rusher, really good arm, very productive in high school. All, all of those things that I, I really like in a player. Um, but I understand that there's a ton of risk that goes into that. And so I'm just banking on upside, knowing that the downside is like the 90th percentile outcome. It can doesn't matter you, though. Can I ask you real quick? Bo Nix is still on the board here. I mean, I don't really like Bo Nix, but I would say Bo Nix has a higher chance of going in the first round than Lenora Sellers does. Would you disagree I, with that? I disagree with that. I, I, really I do too. With that. I just don't think Bo Nix is going to – I think Bo Nix is like a fifth round, fourth or fifth round pick. You'll never get just, back I, on the show, Nelly, after saying that statement. I can't believe you just did that here. Well, no, I, I, just, I just think <laughs> – I don't think he's a first so round pick either. I, but no. I think there's a higher chance than, than a, uh, like a low four-star freshman going to South Carolina. From a macro level, again, I'm not I'm not doing the individual player valuations. You guys are so like I and I'm not going to no, discount I'm, the player valuations. No, it's just I, from from a macro level. If I'm putting bets on a guy, like for, it's hard for me to do. Let's that. take a look at one of Nelly's teams because he's drafting with this philosophy. So uh, Austin and Mike, I want you to weigh in here. If we look at Nelly's team too. Um, the only freshman he has is Nicholas Iamalieva. So he's got Quinshawn Judkins, Brock Bowers. Nicholas Iamalieva, Will Shipley, Dominic Lovett, Dorian Singer. Austin and Mike, do you think that Nelly missed out on some value here by not, you know, maybe reaching for one of these freshmen with with maybe the, the picks, uh, the last three picks, Shipley, Lovett, Singer? Go ahead, Mike. Yeah, I do. Um, just, just, I need to go back one second here to talk about star ratings here. I think you can throw away the high school profile once you get to the NFL draft. I mean, five stars like Rakeem Jarrett, he's a UDFA. Like, you know. Like we've seen enough. So I don't think we can be referencing like five star talents coming into the NFL draft. You can talk about the first two, three years, but once you get down to the NFL draft, I don't think anyone cares anymore. But um, I do think you lose out on value. If we look at the top of the draft now, how many sophomores are in the draft? Or even like. So let me give you some, let me give some context here. Uh, Nelly took Will Shipley at pick 39. Jerry on Dickey went at pick 42. He took Dominic Lovett at pick 58. Cordell Russell went at pick 57. And then the next freshman was Jaden Greathouse at pick 53. He took Dorian Singer at pick 63. And the next freshman taken was Dontavius Braswell at 66 and Shador Sanders at 67. Uh, Kendrick Roscano at 68. Lenore Sellers at 70. So, I mean, you can talk about his picks in the context of those freshmen who were taken. I actually hate freshmen. My, my only real issue with some of the picks on the Nelly 2 team, for example, and we're just because we're talking about them here specifically, is what I would say is that I think the, the ups, like all upside is not equal here. 
And I don't like what what is Dominic Lovett's upside for this year? Like I have really big doubts that he's a real relevant week in week out CFF player in that Georgia offense. And then he's probably like, you know, connected to that. He probably doesn't go earlier than what mid late round three in the NFL draft. Like I I think a guy like that in this kind of range uh, hurts you more than than helps you. I I feel similarly about Shipley. Like I think he's a descending asset based on what happened last year based on I think how they're going to split that backfield this year. Like these are specific play. Like these are micro. These are not macro observations. So I think some uh, maybe there would be a, a team where I would agree with these, but I just think like you're almost splitting. Like if I'm trying to draft a player, I'm either drafting for like it's mystery box. Debbie upside could be really high or I know the CFF situation this year. I know who's throwing this guy the ball. I know what the offense produces. He's going to fit into this column. And I think for some of these guys that they kind of don't really toe either of those lines. So a guy like Singer, like I, I don't really know if he's going to be a huge CFF guy this year. Shipley, love it. There's been other guys that have gone in this range too. A guy like Ja'Cory Brooks uh, on a different team. Um, in fairness to me, like I, I took Keon Coleman in one roster, and that could very well be Keon Coleman depending on what team he lands on. Like I think you know, it, it really does get tricky once you get to like this fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth round before teams make that wholesale flip to CFF. But I think there are so many guys that we just can analyze the situation and just say like that's probably a good situation that you don't need to flip and take them quite this early yet. I think for me, and I said this a little bit in your thread, Nelly, is I think we as a community overrate our ability to project what's actually going to happen with these players going to the NFL. I, I think we've gotten better at it over the past couple of years, but overall we still don't get necessarily a lot of these players right going into the NFL. So I'm betting on these freshmen and something that Moxley has said before, and I, I agree with him. Like, you, you know, I just used a couple of the players that Austin brought up, like love it, Shipley, their value is likely not going to increase. It's only going to decrease. Lenora Sellers value is not going anywhere. Even if he never touches the field for South Carolina this year, Arch Manning, you know, well, I'm trying to think of who some of the other freshmen, Aiden Childs, like with all the hype that he's gotten this spring, that value is not going anywhere. Even if he gets on the field, if DJU sucks and he doesn't play well, they're like, oh, well, he was a true freshman. Just wait till he gets there next year. So you're taking, at least in my opinion, in these rounds, I'm going for the guys who have that higher upside and will retain their value so that I can possibly trade for him longer. A outside of those top two rounds, like I just think we're, we're foolish to project a – Dane Key here, like, well, he's probably got better NFL upside than Jacob Count. We don't know that, and we're not going to know that till it gets closer to the NFL draft. So, like, for me, I'm just going purely upside, and I think just based on what we do here at C2C, the freshmen we're going to view, and I think a lot of people in the community will view them with more upside than a Montrell Johnson, a Marshawn Lloyd, a Dane Key, just to mention some of the guys that win in this area. This yeah, is the pile on Nelly. No, because it's definitely Nelly not just no, Nelly's no. team. Like a bunch <laughs> yeah, of teams have this. I, I get, I get what his thing is. Like, I, that's why I said, like, for me, I approach it from more of like a value thing. Like, I would just much rather take it. Like, I would not have taken Deuce Robinson because he's probably going to end up playing baseball. But like, I would much rather take Harbor over Montrell, Dane Key, Jacob Cowing, because again, the upside is. I mean, the potential upside there is blows the roof off some of the guys that have gone in this round. Give me that upside compared to a guy like Jacob County's probably going in the fifth round of the NFL. Chris Moxley is really feeling himself because 
the Gamecock fan has taken like his last three picks have been South Carolina Gamecocks, and they've all been decent. They've all been decent picks. They've all been decent picks. Not Nicholas. Oh, no, I didn't. No, I didn't even notice that. Wow, that's crazy. Uh, Chris and I, the one thing I will say Harvard about the other day, I want to, I, I, I want to talk about our Harvard talk at some point in the future. Yeah, no, well, we, let, let's talk about it after, right after this, right? Um, Sellers, uh, we've talked about him on the show before. I like huge upside. I, I just think Tavius Brass was a really good player. Like I'm higher on him than I think. Like I, I, you, we have a handful of folks on the CFF, CFF, not CFF, uh, recruiting team who really like him as well. So, like, I don't think I'm that out of pocket worth where I'm following him, but the uh, the Harbor pick was kind of like a little bit of a cherry on the top situation, if you know what I'm saying. But there are there is risk, and Austin and I were actually talking about this two days ago. Yeah, I was and, out on my lunchtime walk, and I te- I messaged you. Yeah, yeah, uh, no, tell tell them what you said because I I think it's a legitimate concern. Yeah, so Harbor basically is playing wide receiver. I think we all know this because he wants to try to qualify for the Olympics in 2024. That that's kind of like the the immediate goal. My big thing with Harbor is that I I think that by refusing to commit to either football or track, he's doing himself a disservice in both because the guy weighs 230 pounds. Like I think we would all I think any anybody who knows anything about like just running knows that 230 is probably not the optimal weight you want to be heading to the Olympics at to to run the 100 when like most of these track guys weigh like, you know, 190, 200 max. Like it's just not not the ideal, you know, size for one of these guys. He could lose the weight by not playing football or he could commit to football full time and play a position that probably suits his body and his skills and his athletic ability more. I think he's going to be classic caught in the middle here where he's neither great at football nor great at track and he's going to cost himself a, a career in one or the other by trying to do both but that's just me that's just me i'm a hater he he has essentially a year and a couple months to until paris but he will know far before then whether or not he's going to be able to qualify for the olympics um so i it, it concerns me less because of that like i don't not have as much time to be worried. Or I don't know if it. it's if it's just me, but it seems like there are some like freak a lot of freak athletes in this class. Uh, Malachi Coleman is one. Cordell Russell is one. Cam Seldon is one. I would put Lenora Sellers, Sellers in there. They're uh, all on my team. Nick ne- Nichols Harbor is obviously one. I don't. I, this was really a question for David and in uh, uh, for David and Matt. But it just seems like that th- this class has produced a lot of guys who we project to be or who are right now, you know, 95th percentile athletes as a, as freshmen and might per- might be that at the next level. But this this class has a lot of guys who are just kind of freaky. Am I, is that just me or am I seeing that correctly? I so the one thing I'll say about that is I agree and I think we're seeing more freak athletes get pushed up the board because I don't think of certain positions that we have like good depth or like good technical acumen. And so you're seeing a lot more players 
be boosted outside of the quarterback because of their athleticism. It's like, I don't think some of these players would be there because they're very, very raw, but that's like, I have not done the, the freshman research that everybody else has, but that's my like 200 foot level take. This is uh, the seventh round just concluded, and that's Dane Key, Montrell Johnson, Nichols Harbor, Oscar Delp, Michael Penix Jr., Jacob Cowing, Deuce Robinson, August uh, Isaiah Agustave, Lawson, Lawson Lucky, Alton McCaskill. Is, does Alton McCaskill have a landing spot yet? He's in the transfer no, portal. He's still in the portal. The rumor is Colorado, right? The rumor is Colorado? <laughs> Florida. He was visiting Florida this uh, week. Okay. That would be terrible. Um, Jay Knott, Jaquindon Jackson. Uh, do who, you want to do took, one, one more round? round? Yeah, we'll finish up the eighth round. Who took I like Jay the Jay Knott pick, by the way. That was uh, me, Amario. Um, do we need to call the cops for Austin? Like, is he... Is Colin like holding holding some holding a gun to you behind the scenes? Look, I don't like Blake Corum at all at the eight, but at the eight oh two, it's just like too. Yeah, too, I was too I cheap. was gonna like, take him right here. If, oh, if don't Austin was gonna take him. I was taking him. So I gotta do my best Colin impression. Sorry. Oh, he's the guy who has day two potential. Yeah, <laughs> he will be drafted day two according to Colin. So what, Nella? You've been taking some of these these running backs that like aren't as popular anymore. Where are you at on Corum? Uh, I would have taken Corm a couple of rounds ago if I realized he was still there. I have him like right next to. I have him right next to. Approval. Yeah, I have him right next to Love It and um, and um, the the USC guy, uh, Singer, in my rankings. It's like right when I start to feel bad about every pick I make. I actually really like your Hayden pick this round. Like I, I'm a huge Dallin Hayden fan, so I don't know if it's going to work at Ohio State, but I do think it's going to well, work out somewhere. I mean, Ohio State conceivably loses Mayan and Travion after this yeah. year. Like, I, yeah. and, and, I, and there's and, doesn't look uh, like there's anything in the pipeline. Evan Pryor, uh, what's his name's gone too? Treanum's gone too. I think he's out nah. of eligibility. Nah, no, that has, can't be know. true. He has no. a year. A year. Yeah. Okay. I was gonna. I was gonna say he was. He, he was just a linebacker and a little baby at Arizona State as a uncoordinated running back. Not even three years ago. That sounds mean. Was that mean? Make your pick, and then I'll tell you. All right. Uh, I'm trying to figure <laughs> out who's still available. Just take another. Just take Anton Wells. Just keep doing it. Spencer Rattler, redemption. Yeah, tour. Spencer Rattler. I hear he's still got a PFF. I think it's hyping him up. Hey, yeah, hey, don't tell me with a good time. Can I get everybody's vote on this? Spencer Rattler or Will Levis? Will Levis. Will Levis. Spencer Rattler. He's not yeah, getting – Spencer Rattler's not getting the draft capital that Will Levis did. I'm not saying – Second round? Even no, in the second round? The second, second round. round. So how about this for the no. Galaxy Brain answer? Spencer Rattler, because I don't know that Will Levis ever gives you startable production like ever in his career, and at least I get one year of Spencer Rattler. One year. I wouldn't actually do that. But there's, nah. there's, the, there's the opposite answer. Levis is going to play at some point this year for the Titans. Whether he's good or not is – I don't think I, he's going I to. I think that Spencer – Spencer Rattler has had more like wow moments than I've ever seen from Will Levis. I, I think you're just Looks measuring good who's the biggest. <laughs> I feel like you're just measuring who's the bigger like pile of poop, honestly. At that one, I mean, oh, this guy's piles <laughs> a little bit less. You know, no, like... no, no. These are two <laughs> talented athletes that we're talking about here. 
two talented athletes. I'm just I I think I think I would lean heavily towards Spencer Rattler to be honest. Even even considering Will Levis's draft draft capital, I would I would lean towards Spencer Rattler. I Spencer Rattler will not go in the second round. I'd be I'd so be either. pretty surprised if he did. So allegedly he got third round grades from the committee for what it's worth. Um but he came back because he felt he could improve it. That's I don't know if it's going to be the case under Dow Loggins, though. Uh, I don't like their offense. Uh, I didn't like it last. I haven't liked South Carolina offense for like 10 years. So like <laughs> what Con- is it? Connor Shaw days? Like how back are we go? How far back are we going here? I, I, so I have not liked the South Carolina offense since 2014 which is when they lost the first game of the season, which was the opening game of college football, like real college football, to Kenny Hale and Texas A&M. That was the downfall of South Carolina. You fooled me by drafting the three guys early. Upside. Upside. I hate, I hate this team so much. I hate it. Let's go. I hate that you guys made me take so many stupid Shit. running backs in this draft. It, it is difficult. To, this is why, um, and we appreciate you all tuning in this long. Um, we, we, we really do. If you can go find the video and like it for us and subscribe to the YouTube channel if you haven't already. Uh, leave a late rate and review. Five-star rate and review on the Apple Campus Can podcast feed if you can. But this is why um, getting in the mock drafts with PJ is really a fruitful exercise because – it can be difficult to exercise those muscles as to when a player is going to be taken in the right range to select a guy. So um, get in those mock drafts, uh, It's a, especially if you are starting campus to Canton for the first time. Otherwise, you're kind of flying blind. Um, let's just recap some of these teams here. Matt's team two. He starts off with Quint Ewers and, and Evan Stewart, Jace McClellan, Kyle McCord, Jalen McMillan, Ja'Cory Brooks, uh, Isaiah Agustave, Roman Hemby. So a nice uh, balance of running backs, wide receivers, and uh, he's got his two quarterbacks there. Matt's team one, Travion Henderson, Xavier Worthy, Matthew Golden, Golden Ruben Owens, Jaden Greathouse, Kendrick Rescano, Michael Penix Jr., Hakeem Williams. So um, – same, uh, just a well-balanced team on that one. Uh, Mike, your team won. Raheem Sanders, Barry and Brown, Carnell Tate, Devin Brown, Isaiah Bond, C.J. Donaldson, Oscar Delp, Caleb Jackson uh, out of LSU. And your team two, Mike, let's see, where is it? Where is your team two? Oh, okay, here we go. Uh, Malachi Nelson and Connor Wegman, Trey Benson, Brandon Ennis, Travis Hunter, Jatavian Sanders, Jaquindon Jackson. These are all guys. I mean, as I look at these teams, I mean, of course, we're going to look back in November and say, oh, there were some stupid picks here. But, you know, a lot of these guys that we're taking in these first 16 rounds, I think that they will, the majority of them will have some role in the NFL. Not everyone's going to be a day one or day two NFL draft pick. But when I look at Mike's team, Malachi Nelson, Connor Wegman, Trey Benson, uh, Brandon Ennis, Travis Hunter, Jatavian Sanders, Jaquindon Jackson. Now, Travis Hunter is going to be playing on on the defensive side of the ball. But Jaquindon Jackson, the quarterback turned running back convert, uh, he has NFL size. He looks kind of fluid in his last couple of games playing running back. He has a, a chance to, you know, 
be on and my be on the David Johnson arc uh, potentially. Uh, so let's see. Is it? I think it's. I'm closing this out, and I've already thought of who my last pick and the last pick of this draft is going to be one Carson Beck. Oh man, Carson oh, Beck. Are you Carson Beck <laughs> here with the last pick at the eight twelve? So let's just uh, recap the eighth round here. Nathan Leacock, the freshman wide receiver at Tennessee, goes the 801. Then Blake Corum, Dalen Hallen, uh, Squirrel, Marquarius, Squirrel, White, Roman Hemby. Tyler Van Dyke, can he have a back, bounce back season at Miami? Jarquez Hunter, Hakeem Williams, the freshman at Florida State. Caleb ja- uh, Jackson at LSU, Kavorian Barnes. That's a CFF pick there from Chris, uh, Javante Barnes, and then Carson kinda. Beck. C- what do you mean, kind of? Yeah, what do you mean, kind of? That is so, a straight up CFF pick. So I would have said that last year when he was one eighty five one ninety. If sincere McCormick is not an no, NFL player, I don't think Kavorian Barnes is going to be. He's more explosive by a lot, and he's two fifteen. Okay, there are just, there so, are two so two G five running backs six, drafted the last four years in day two, and they went to the same team, and I bet they had the same career arc. That's that's gonna be your boy Tajay Spears and then uh the guy that also went to the Titans, Darrington Evans. Both Darrington guys Evans. comp to, to Alvin Kamara. They, they're not gonna do anything. <laughs> all I'm all I'm saying is I really like Morgan Barnes. He added a lot of weight. And if even if I miss on him on an NFL guy, I'm gonna get CFF upside. I you think he's what? an NFL guy though. I really do. I, I was gonna I was gonna ask Chris here too, like is this where you transition to CFF in your draft strategy? But we're already answering that question. But I really was like wondering if, if this like for you was No, I, I transitioned in like ten rounds. Okay. This is just kind of hedging on a little bit. It's funny because sincere McCormick also gained a lot of weight between year one and year two. I remember even talking about it on Twitter, how fat his face looked in his new profile picture. Oh, God. I'm looking at Kavorian Barnes' face right now. I'm not saying that he's been down in some Krispy Kreme, but I'm also not saying that he isn't. Sincere McCormick was once rated in certain people's Debbie list higher than Brees Hall, so you never know what what could happen. (laughs) That's crazy. Um, that is going to be our show for tonight. Make sure you support all of the Campus to Canton content and support the Devi Marketplace wherever you get your your uh, podcast. Do not support Back to Devi. That is Mike's podcast. Uh, for Mike Valerie, Austin Nace, Michael Nelly Nelson, Chris Moxley, Matt Bruning, I'm Felix Sharp. Oh, I'm sorry. Apologies to Kirk Street. We ran out of time. We'll get him rescheduled soon. Good night and good luck.